presenting the cantata next week. I cannot wait to hear you guys. I can't wait to hear it. We're gonna, it's, it's gonna be, it always is great. It's gonna be wonderful. I hope that you'll come and join uh, us next week for that. There's too many good things going on around here. I'm glad you're here today. Um, Luke chapter 1, verses 26 through 38 is the scripture for today. The first chapter of the book of Luke will be up on the screen for you. There are a few Bibles. You can pull out your handy Bible app if you want to. If you're joining us by live stream, welcome. Merry Christmas. We're glad that you're here with us today. Luke chapter 1. In the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent by God to a town in Galilee called Nazareth to a virgin engaged to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David. The virgin's name was Mary. And he came to her and said, Greetings, favored one, the Lord is with you. But she was much perplexed by his words and pondered what sort of greeting this might be. The angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. And now you will conceive in your womb and bear a son and you will name him Jesus. He will be great and will be called the Son of the Most High. And the Lord God will give him the throne of his ancestor David. And he will reign over the house of Jacob forever. And of his kingdom there will be no end. Mary said to the angel, How can this be since I am a virgin? The angel said to her, The Holy Spirit will come upon you. And the power of the Most High will overshadow you. Therefore, the child to be born will be holy. He will be called the Son of God. And now your relative Elizabeth, in her old age, has also conceived a son. And this is the sixth month of her who was said to be barren. For nothing will be impossible with God. Then Mary said, Here I am. The servant of the Lord, let it be with me according to your word. Then the angel departed from her. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Everybody's got a story. Everybody's got a song. Last week, I told you a little bit about my story, about Tammy's and, and our story, about, uh, about finding out that we were going to be parents. And I just love telling that story. It's an amazing story. And I could tell you more about that. I could tell you about the next nine months after we found out the news that we were expecting Emily Kate and, and going to Lamaze classes. Oh, my goodness. We didn't know. As the movie says, we didn't know nothing about birthing no babies. We had to go to those classes. And it scared me. Those classes really did. It scared me. We read that book, What to Expect When You're Expecting. Did any of y'all read What to Expect When You're Expected? It's been around for a while. I could tell you about the cravings. Uh, Tammy had cravings during Emily Kate's pregnancy with Emily Kate. She craved chocolate pie from Gibson's Restaurant in Huntsville, the one across from Joe Davis Stadium. It's got meringue on it that, that high. And being a team player, like I am, anytime she wanted that chocolate pie, I would just go get a whole pie. And I would help her eat. You know, I'm a team player. I'd help her eat it, you know. So before I get too carried away with talking about the chocolate pie, I need to tell you a little bit of the backstory, Because the story goes, it goes much further back than, than that. And it, I mean, it just keeps going as far back as you want to keep going with it. It's a story as old as Moses' toes. An old, old story. 
Let me tell you a story about Alice and Ray. It's a story of promise. It's a story of potential. It goes back to the 1950s, the early 1950s. There's a, a young woman from Mississippi, and her name is Alice, and she's later going to become my mom. But she's really excited because she's getting to move away from home, and she's getting her first real job. She's worked her whole life on the family farm, but she's moving away to get her first job at the telephone company and um, in Sheffield, Alabama, and she moves into a small apartment that's within walking distance of the phone company. And when I, think, when you, when I say phone company, I don't mean you know, like we go down to, the, to have our cell phones worked on. I'm talking about, you know, Lily Tomlin, one ringy-dingy, you know, connecting the wires like that, you know, telephone operators. So she moved into uh, in a little apartment with her friend named Jane. Jane is a six-foot redhead, uh, and my mom's a five-foot-three brunette. Both good-looking ladies in the early 1950s and poodle skirts and bobby socks and saddle ops were just ready to go. You know what I'm saying? Living the life. So young men start to call upon these two good-looking ladies living in this little apartment. And Jane, the six-foot redhead, was fixed up on a blind date with a brown-haired, blue-eyed young man named Ray. And Jane and Ray went out on their blind date. It went okay. You know, nothing to write home about. Uh, and so and Ray brings her back to the little apartment, and, and when he does, he meets her roommate, Alice. And so later that night, uh, Alice asked Jane, how did the date go? And she said, well, girl, you know, it went okay. I don't really think I'll go out with him again, though. He's not my type. But Alice kind of liked him, and he kind of liked her. And um, before you know it, Alice and Ray started dating. And then in April of 1955, Ray and Alice got married. All promise and potential. And in March of 1957, up in central Tennessee, up close to McMinnville, they had their first daughter named Susan, my awesome sister. And then in November of 1960, they brought forth their firstborn son and wrapped him in swaddling cloths <laughs> and laid him in a bassinet. And they named him Samuel, a Hebrew name that means God hears. Wow. Story of promise and potential. See, the story of my wife and me goes way back beyond, way back before we started having children, way back as far as you want to go. So now you have Tammy and Sam, the promise and potential of that story. So fast forward up to the early 1990s. There's two young women, and they're sharing a small apartment, this time in Huntsville and not in Sheffield, Alabama, this time in Huntsville. And they both work together at the same place, and this time not the phone company at at uh, one of the TV stations in town. And uh, so one of the girls is named Sherry. She's a six foot tall redhead. The other girl is a five foot three brunette named Tammy. Both, can you just visualize that somehow? And uh, you know, visualize these two the young ladies, uh, two beautiful young ladies uh, with, with jackets with big shoulder pads 
and, and broader jeans and, and, you know, slouch socks and ballet flats just ready to go in the 90s, okay? And Tammy had uh, a friend, a bluish green-eyed friend named Sam, who was kind of lonely. And so she kind of felt sorry for him, and she decided to fix him up on a blind date with her roommate, the six-foot-tall redhead, Sherry. So Sam and Sherry went out on a date, and it was, it was okay. It wasn't tragic or anything, but nothing to write home about. And so he brought her home, delivered her to the apartment, and that night Tammy said to Sherry, So, how did it go? And she said, Oh, it was all right. You know, we, it wasn't bad, but we probably won't go out again. He's just really not my type. But Tammy kind of liked him. And he kind of liked her. And then in February of 1993, they got married. You see, back before the bringing forth of the child and the swaddling clothes and everything, the story is old. It's old as Moses' toes. And that's one of the things I love about Christmas is the story of Christmas, the Christmas story. You know, it starts a long time before Mary and Joseph ever traveled to Bethlehem, a long time before they knock on the door of the inn and they get told there's no room in the inn. And then they go to the stable and Mary brings forth the firstborn child and wraps him in swaddling clothes and places him in the manger. How far back does it go? Well, how far back do you want to go? It's old as Moses' toes, so let's go back to Moses' toes, okay, while we're at it. The story of Mary and Joseph, the promise and potential that they have, goes back. Well, we can go back to Egypt if we want to, to the Pharaoh who decided, the Pharaoh in Egypt who decided that the Israelites were becoming too big, too many of them. They're going to start to be a threat, so we got to do something about this. So he issues a decree that all the Hebrew baby boys have to be killed as soon as they're born. And Pharaoh says in Exodus chapter 1 that all of the male Hebrew babies have to be thrown into the river Nile. And Moses' mother, who has this baby boy that she loves, she knows that she can't hide him for long. She's been hiding him for a little while. She can't hide him for long. And so she does the most difficult, the most loving thing that she can do. She gets a basket and she puts tar around it and waterproofs it. And she puts her precious baby boy. And, well, if you think about it, she does put him in the Nile. She just puts him in a little ark and puts him in the Nile so that he can have a chance, so that he can have potential, right? And then Moses' sister, Miriam. you got to love this girl, Miriam. She follows along, follows the basket, and she sees that baby brother's basket gets pulled out of the river and given to Pharaoh's daughter. Pharaoh's daughter, a six-foot redhead named Sherry. I'm just kidding. Just <laughs> She could have been a six-foot redhead. But Pharaoh's daughter had gone down to the river to bathe, and they see this basket, and they, she sees it. And I can imagine her running up to the palace with the basket and saying, Oh, Daddy, look what I found. Can I keep it? And he said, Sure, pumpkin, anything that makes you happy. I don't know if it really went like that, but in my imagination it does. And so she comes out and she shows it to all of her friends and all of the attendants. 
And the baby starts crying because babies get hungry and they cry. That's what they do. And Miriam, brave little Miriam, has been watching this whole time. And so she ran up and she said to Pharaoh's daughter, Hey, would you like me to go and find one of the Hebrew women to nurse that child for you? And Pharaoh's daughter says, That's a great idea. I'm glad I thought of it. And here, while we're at it, we'll just pay her a little something for her trouble. So Miriam takes little brother back to mom, and Moses' mom gets paid by Pharaoh's daughter to nurse her own baby. You can't make a story like this up. I'm telling you, it's wonderful. So after this, Moses kind of dominates the story, right? But don't forget about Miriam. Don't forget about this brave little girl. Not only is she brave, but she's smart. Not only is she smart, but she's protective. Not only is she brave and smart and protective, the girl knows how to negotiate. I mean, this is somebody, wouldn't you want her to be your lawyer? Have you been hurt in the chariot race in Egypt? Call me, Egypt. I mean, she knows everything. She's ready to go. Miriam. So fast forward about 1,400 years later. An older woman named, named Anna has a baby girl. And she names her baby girl after Miriam. She names her Mary. We know her as Mary, the mother of Jesus. Just like Miriam, who she's <coughs> named after, Mary is brave. Just like Miriam, she's smart and protective. Just like Miriam, she's a good negotiator. There's Mary. There's Mary. She's a good-looking young girl. She's dressed up in her robe and her veil and her sandals with no socks. Can't you just see her? She gets betrothed to this guy named Joseph. Now, it was arranged. It wasn't like they went out on a blind date. It was arranged by the family. But it's promise. It's potential all the same. And during the time when Joseph and Mary are engaged, during that period of betrothal, Mary is minding her own business one day when there's an angel there. His name is Gabriel, and he's there to give her a message. He says to her, Hail Mary, greetings favored one, a joyful greeting. In, in Latin it's the word Ave, from which we get Ave Maria. It means be well, it means hail, it means, it's how we get Hail Mary, okay? Some of you thought that it was just about that long pass at the end of the football game, but it's about a greeting to Mary, right? It means greetings, the Lord is with you. It's going to be great. You're going to have a son, the angel says. He's going to be the Lord of the Most High. He's going to, the Lord God is going to give him the throne of his ancestor David. His kingdom will have no end. What a powerful promise. What amazing potential. A pro it's a promise of deliverance that's as old as Moses. And yet, to be honest with you, I think Mary probably got glazed over right after he said, you're going to have a son. 
because like I said, Mary is a smart girl and she knows how babies get here and how they're normally made and she says, how can this be? And then Gabriel explains that the Holy Spirit will overshadow her. This child will be the child of the Son of God. Um, promise. It's a promise. Like all promises, it needs a response. What's Mary going to say? You know, unlike Zechariah, Mary didn't say, hey, give me a sign. Give me a sign. Instead, the angel said, here, let me give you a sign. Here's your sign. You know, Elizabeth, you know, your, your relative who wanted to have a child but couldn't have a child, and she's on up in years, and she's way past childbearing years now. You know that, Elizabeth? She's in the sixth month of her pregnancy now. Just as a little reminder to you, nothing is impossible with God. Nothing. And so Mary who's smart, like Miriam, she was named after, who's brave. She says this, here I am, the servant of the Lord. Let it be with me according to your word. Did I mention she's also a good negotiator? Because when you're negotiating with God, the only thing you can say is to whisper the words of wisdom. Here I am. Let it be. Will you, will you say that with me today? I, I want you to just repeat this after me. Here I am. Let it be. That's the response that Mary gives. And then Joseph. Wow, his response. He has to respond to this promise too. The angel comes and visits him in a dream and tells him about the promise and the potential, and he finds out this, that his fiancée is pregnant, not by him. And so he plans to divorce her quietly. That's what you did in that day. If you were betrothed, and it was a legally binding agreement, so much so that if the engagement was broken off, there had to be a divorce. And so Joseph's going to divorce her quietly. And here's what Matthew's Gospel tells in in Matthew chapter 1, verses 20 and 21. But just when Joseph had resolved to do this, to divorce Mary, an angel came and appeared to him in a dream and said, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary as your wife, for the child conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will bear a son, and you will name him Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. A son named Jesus. He will save his people from their sins. Wow, what a promise, what potential. And it calls for a response from Joseph. And then in verse 24, it says, When Joseph awoke from his sleep, he did as the angel of the Lord commanded him. He took Mary as his wife. He took Mary as his wife. Now, we're in a hurry to get to the other parts of the story, but don't breeze by this too quickly. Because Mary said, Here I am. Let it be. But Joseph also said, Here I am. Let it be. God, do you want me to marry this woman who's pregnant with a child who's not mine? I'll do it. You want me to ignore the gossip in the small town? I'll do that, Lord. 
You want me to protect Mary and protect this child and love them? Then that's what I'll do, God. Let it be. A story of hope and courage and choice. And now all that's left is your story, my story. It's also a story of promise and potential. Because, you see, everybody's got a story. Everybody's got a story. I want to ask you a, a kind of a personal question in closing. Have you been blessed? Mary said, I've been blessed, or the angel said to her, you've been blessed. Have you been blessed? Do you feel like you've been blessed? Will you will just nod your head if you feel like you've been blessed? That the Lord has been with you too? So much so that if an angel came to you, they could say, Hell, Andy, you've been blessed. Hell, Liz. Hell, Parker. You've been blessed. You're favored. You're the favored one. There's good news for you. We don't have to wonder if we're going to get a promise, do we? We've already got the great and precious promises of God. There's already good news been given to us. All that's left is our choice, our response. Will we be brave enough to say, here I am, Lord, let it be. Will we be courageous enough to bring everything that we have to bear, everything we have to give, body, mind, and spirit, to whatever it is that God is calling us to do? Because God's still calling there's still things that he needs us to do. God might have been working in you about something God wants you to do for a while now. Waiting for you to say, here I am. Let it be. Let's pray. Oh Lord, we thank you for the good news.